Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis, and we're in the book of Ephesians, and we've been there. Uh, tomorrow will be a year since we started uh, studying in this great letter to the church in Ephesus and to those who have ears to hear, which the Bible calls the faithful in Christ Jesus. Uh, today is the sixth day of October 2017. This is our 48th session, and uh, as I said, we're nearing the end of this, and I will be putting a study guide together for this. I can't tell you when that will be completed, but I will be putting that together, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that out uh, one of these days, make it available for the whole year's worth of teaching in Ephesians and all the CDs, and you'll be able to have uh, what you need. All these uh, teaching, I won't say all of them, but the last few months have been uploaded to YouTube. Uh, so if you're watching today and, and, and you know how to get to YouTube, my channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And all of our messages here at Crossway Church, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Friday morning, uh, and even uh, uh, some together in truth are being uploaded to YouTube on my channel. Uh, again, that's Curtis Hutchinson 316. So you can avail yourself to that. Our website, in case you're watching on Facebook, is www.thecrosswaychurch.com. In case you want to donate and help support the gospel, and I believe uh, some of you will, and some of you already are, to help us be able to do what we're doing. We just bought a new camera, and uh, and uh, and we're not using it this morning, uh, but we just bought a brand new camera, so we won't have to keep moving the one we've got from the sanctuary back and forth. Well, that's $1,100 for the camera. Uh, so we thank you for your giving that helps us be able to do what we do here. And so if you're, if you're scared of the internet, there's our physical address. And uh, so uh, help us do what we're doing here. The little book, 62-page booklet, I'll keep advertising it. I'm mailing two out today. Uh, so if you want to send $15, we'll send you a copy of this little booklet. All God's works are done in truth. It will surely bring much clarity in the scriptures to your heart as this book is about God's word in truth and the truth is all he works in and it will bless your heart. So get your copy today. We'll mail it to you. No shipping and whatever they call it on your part. We'll pay for that just to get it to you. And uh, we're excited about it. One more thing before we dig into the Word. Every Friday we mail five Bibles to inmates across Texas and Arkansas. We recently did a fundraiser, which was a car wash. Last Saturday, or the Saturday before, we raised $420 or $25. And the next day on Sunday morning, the church gave an, another $460. And then somebody gave the remaining uh, money that it will take to buy 36 Bibles, which is a... Uh, an entire, well, that's what we buy uh, every few weeks. So uh, next, I'm going to order Bibles today. I'm going to order two cases today. And one of those cases, one of those, not cases, but I'm going to order two, I'm going to order 72 Bibles. And half of those are going to be shipped out next Friday all at one time to take care of that stack of letters that we've got that deep in on my desk. So if you want to help give an inmate, not just any old Bible, but an expositor study Bible, you just donate online or send your check or money order to that physical address, and we'll make sure your money goes toward getting those inmates those Bibles. And I thank God for those of you who are doing that already. Praise God. And, uh, well, here we are in the book of Ephesians. As I said, we've been here for a year now. And uh, I look forward to starting the book of Galatians whenever we get out of the book of Ephesians. But who knows when that's going to be. So I'm not in any hurry. I'm enjoying what the Lord is uh, showing us and teaching us and, and attempting to get us to learn. It's one thing to read the Bible. It's even one thing to study the Bible. It's an entirely different thing to hear the Word of God spiritually, which means you're now endeavoring to live according to God's Word. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that He's come, that He would guide us in all truth. He would reveal truth to us. He would show us of Jesus, uh, which who is our truth. So uh, there, it's one thing to hear the word read. It's another. It's even you can even be what you call studying the word. And let me say something to you this morning. It's even one thing to have a love for the word, but it's a whole other thing to have a love for the truth. 
God's Word is truth, but the question is, are we getting the truth out of God's Word? Because it's the truth that when we know that not what the Bible says, but what the Bible means, and that always shows how it relates to Christ, who is the truth, and what He did for us at the cross to become our liberating truth that makes us free and keeps us free from the dominion of sin. And somebody said, Amen. It gives us our purpose in life, sets our feet in the path that God calls His good, acceptable, and perfect will for our lives. But it's not from reading the Bible. It's not from studying the Bible. It's not from hearing somebody preach or teach it. It's when the Holy Spirit begins to teach you personally, which can come in a meeting, which can come in studying the Word, but you must be getting the truth out of the Word. Not just another Bible reading plan. Thank God you have a Bible reading plan, but you better be getting the truth out of the Word. And uh, we call it when the words jump off the page. But really it's the Holy Spirit imparting if it's the truth. If it's not the truth, it's just the Word, and we're bringing Scriptures in from every direction to try to prove our point. But when it's God the Holy Ghost trying to bring Scriptures from every direction, rightly dividing the Word of God, He's trying to get us to have a clear picture of Jesus and what He did at Calvary and all that entails to us today. How we begin to live and walk in that that Jesus has given us. Amen. Praise God. So last week we left off and in Ephesians 6.14, and I'm going to read that and start there again today. But before we do, let's ask the Lord to bless us, give us a greater revelation of Jesus Christ today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We stand before you cleansed by the blood that he shed for us. Lord, you've given us your spirit as born-again children of God that we might... Look at your word, read your word, study your word, cry out to you for the truth of your word that we might learn to walk in this liberty and this freedom that Christ died for us to be able to have. And Lord, as we dig into the word today, I pray that we would have that word that comes alive in our hearts, that's grafted in our hearts, that we would be able to see more clear and hear more clear and walk in this truth, love this truth, and, and contend for this truth. And, and Lord, I pray that you would reveal the truth to our hearts in a greater way this morning than ever in the past of our lives, that you would bless those who are here and bless those who are watching abroad, and that you would just have your way today. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. So the Bible says, and I guess we'll have to back up and read verse 13 before we get into 14 because the last phrase in verse 13 is what jumps us right into 14. So we'll start with 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now let me back up and say that the whole armor of God refers to our whole heart's faith in what Jesus provided at Calvary. Because as we'll see, each piece of armor represents something that salvation through faith in the blood of Jesus has given us. Every piece of armor that the good soldier uh, wears represents what Christ afforded us through his death on the cross. So when we see the whole armor of God, take unto us the whole armor of God, we're taking unto us everything that Jesus died to give us. Freedom from sin, a new purpose in life, a new direction, the family of God, now being able to walk in truth and love God, things we could not do before. And Jesus provided all that only through his death, not what we go and do. There's only one thing we can do, and that's take unto ourselves the whole armor of God, which means keep our faith in the death of Jesus. That's all that means. It doesn't mean all the flaked out things that preachers are teaching that it means today. It means that you keep your faith in the blood of Jesus, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and you will have, and probably have already had, 
had evil days, but just didn't know what to do, lost every battle, every fight, was knocked down every single time. But now that the Lord is bringing you back to faith and grace, pointing you once again to Calvary, letting you study the Word of God in truth, how it pertains to Jesus, who is the truth, and what He did to become your truth, now you're beginning to love the truth. And, and now you just can't get enough of the truth. And you want to walk in this truth, and you want to be a representer of Him, the one who came to represent you. And so when the evil day comes, you're going to be able to stand. The Bible says that you having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then he begins to express and teach what it means to take the whole armor of God. And here he begins. He says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. It must be truth. And, and we talked a little bit about this last week. Your loins is the place where, you know, no matter what they did, when they were, used to wear what they wore in the Old Testament, they had their loin, their girdle on, and they would place things in their girdle, but they might take their garment off like when they were going to stone Stephen. They took their robes off, and they'd let Saul hold them, who became Paul later, and they'd stone Stephen, but they had their girdles on. And, and, but the, and, and it's the place... That, that we get the word like hip or loin comes out of this word. Our, uh, uh, our loin, our hip, our movement comes. And what the, he's trying to tell us here is that if you're going to be able to withstand and stand, you're going to have to have your walk going about in truth. He starts his whole thing with truth. Without truth... It's not going to work for you, my friend. Your faith won't be right. Uh, you're not wearing the whole armor of God. If you have the truth wrong, then everything else is wrong. That's why you've got to be in more on Sunday than a church that has good intentions. God doesn't honor good intentions. God honors the truth. He sent the truth. He sent His Word, and our good intentions do not mean a thing to God. And I need to say that again because most of Christianity don't know that. Our good intentions doesn't mean anything to God. Our good intentions are what we call our righteousness. And God says all our righteousness is as filthy rags unto Him. It's only the righteousness of Christ that he offers us that, that he will accept. And that righteousness, as we'll see in a few moments, only comes through truth. Righteousness offered by God only comes through truth. And that's why he starts with the loin belt of truth, the loin, the girdle of truth. You must, be, you must have this truth girded. And as I expressed last week, no matter what you take off, what gets heavy, you better not let go of that truth. And let me just express a little more concern about the truth this morning. Again, it, the Word of God is truth, and the devil will preach to you the Word of God, but he will never preach or teach to you the Word of God in truth. The devil is in, and I know some of you aren't going to like this because you're still hung up on uh, good intentions. And let me say it again, God does not honor good intentions. He only honors His Word, and His Word is truth. And so He only honors those who would place their faith in His Word as truth. So you need to hear that. doesn't matter if your preacher has good intention and, and he's just not preaching the cross, but he's a good man. you got to let that go and you got to get out. You got to let that go and you got to get out because God's Word is truth. But the question is, am I learning God's word in truth because until I am I'm just it's not working for me and I don't really I'm even though I think I love God and I may I'm not going to knock that but ignorance will keep you from walking where God wants you to walk even though you love God you can live miserable and most Christians today do not understand what I'm talking about they think they need to go do something to but it's not doing something, it's believing something. It's believing that Christ died for your sins. Not just the first time to get you in the kingdom, but we live that way. Colossians 2.6 tells us, As you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore walk ye in Him. Just like you got saved, that same faith is the faith you live by, not a different faith than something else. And to keep that faith that saved you is to take unto yourself the whole armor of God. And we don't need thousands of books written on this. It's simple, childlike faith. Amen. Amen. 
So he says, uh, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And I, and I just, I, the Lord's not letting me move on from this. You've got to make sure that you're listening to men teach you the truth. I see people posting uh, uh, things on Facebook all the time, and, and they're just telling of circumstances, and your circumstance may be, it may be tough, and you may be going through something hard right now. And that grabs the emotions of people. Because we're all going through something. Can I get a witness? Some people in a worse way than others. So when we get on Facebook or we're out ministering to people and, and we're always uh, talking about if you're going through something tough, that's okay. But my friend, you better have the truth to offer when you get through with dr pulling them into your, into your boat of emotions there. Somebody said amen. Preachers are good about pulling you into the boat of emotions and then it's a sinking boat because the Word of God may be floating all over the place, but it's not truth being imparted. And to drag people or to bring them into an emotional place to, to remind them that you're going through something and, and it's hard and, and you need something and God is faithful. And then just to throw some scripture at them without pointing them to Calvary where the, the only place that makes Christ and the word of God come alive and beneficial to them is at the cross. If we don't do that, then we just let them sink in their miserable brokenness. And, I, and I, I did it for years. It must be the Word of God in truth. And on Facebook, people have good intentions, and they get on there, and they try to minister to people, and they throw Scripture out there. But you better, and you better hear me, you better be led of the Spirit and let the Spirit of God show you how what you're trying to minister to people using God's Word is going to take them to the one who can save them, who can deliver them, who can forgive them, who can give them a new walk. Because just a Bible verse without the revelation of Christ will not get it done. It must be the word of God in truth. The Bible says in Psalms 33, 4, For the word of the Lord is right. Now catch this. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. That one Bible verse in Psalms 33, 4 relates the word of God being what is right in the eyes of God, and that he has promised he will work in the truth. That's all he will work in when we accept God's word. We see God's word in truth. That's how it relates to Christ and what he did to become our truth. And we accept that in the Holy Spirit. Then we can see is revealing Jesus in the scriptures to us. Our faith is in Christ and we begin to learn about him in the scriptures and God honors that and God moves in that and God the Holy Ghost conforms us into his image. Mm. Not just the Bible verse thrown at people. We've done that for years, but the Holy Spirit wants to teach about Jesus. If you think about the Apostle Paul, all he had was Genesis through Malachi, and the Bible says he immediately began to preach Christ. Doesn't even say he preached the Old Testament, although he did, but he preached the Old Testament, the Scriptures, and he preached Christ. He showed from the Scriptures who Jesus was and what he came to do. Praise God. That's why, If we're not doing that as pastors, we're out of the will of God. Our good intentions won't get it done. Our love and concern for the people won't get it done. That's not ministry. Ministry, God calls the ministry of reconciliation. And it's not to the church. It's the reconciliation of people to God through the blood. Hallelujah! So we need the Word of God. God says it's right, but it must be understood, accepted as truth. And when it is, then we find God at work in our lives. And hear me, not before. Praise God. Stand therefore. Y'all are holding me up this morning. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Standing speaks of victory, the opposite of falling or going backwards. Standing. When you're standing, we talked about it last week and we've talked about it in Ephesians 6 previously. You're, you're in a wrestling match, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. As a Christian, you were thrown into the ring of victory. Not the ring of defeat, but you're going to have to wrestle. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And the Bible says that Satan is under our feet. Amen. Amen. And 
And that's, but that's the declaration of the Word of God. Experiencing the truth is that you're experiencing the victory of Christ at Calvary, and the enemy is not experiencing victory over you. Most of Christianity today is under the enemy. He's standing on them, and he is through them, giving many through them the reason to blaspheme God because they're living in sin, whether it's blatant ignoring of this message or it's just done in ignorance. But either way, without our faith in the cross, we've fallen from grace, and the enemy, even though he's a liar and we have the victory and he's defeated, he is still shouting a lie that he's got victory over Christians that don't know how to live in victory. Amen. And now the Lord has brought us and bringing us back to faith and grace, the truth, faith in the cross of Christ alone, And bringing us out of these places where there's a mixture, we're proclaiming the victory now greater than ever that we have. And it's more than a declaration. It's an experience, praise God, where sin no longer dominates our lives. Just standing in the grace of God, which comes to us through the truth, and arms us with the breastplate of righteousness, which is what's mentioned here next. And we will talk a little bit about that this morning. If we stand, have our loins girt about with truth, that means we won't move from the message of the cross. And that's what the truth is, the message of the cross. And and I have to say it all the time. All the days of my life, I have to keep, whoever gets sick of it, I'm tired. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sad that you're uh, tired of it, but I have to keep going. Jesus is the truth. Amen. Outside of him, there is no truth imparted to the believer. And the only way the Holy Spirit can impart truth to you, work in your life, is if your faith is in the cross. Through that avenue, God has sent us not only salvation, but the experience of salvation. Not only to get us in the kingdom, but to get us through to the finish line. Without faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit won't work in your life. And that's very biblical. Read Galatians, and I can't wait to get into that book, that letter to the church in Galatia. But chapter 5, 1 through 4 tells you that if you think it's by, life, by you doing anything, that you've fallen from grace. It's all about what Christ did, not what we're doing. Although there's lots to be done, He saved us by Himself. And He will sanctify us by Himself. Hallelujah. So, He says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Let me say it again, it must start with truth. If if the truth is not right, if we're calling something truth that's not true, even if we're calling God's word truth, and it is, but we're, we're not receiving it as truth, which means in the revelation of Jesus and what he did at Calvary, then the rest of this just won't work. It's not going to work for you. You're going to keep coming up against the enemy. He's going to keep getting victory over you every time, even though you're proclaiming with your lips victory. You're going to keep getting divorced. You're going to keep remarrying. You're going to keep having kids. They're going to be twice the child of hell you used to be. And you're going to keep living by the phrases the world has given the church instead of the phrases and the truth God has given the church. You're going to keep going around that mountain claiming you've got victory, but you're not experiencing any victory. It's just a verbal declaration by you. That's not the will of God. The will of God is that your declaration that you are the victorious child of God is an experience in your life. And if you'll take unto yourself the whole armor of God, keeping your faith in the cross is how it works. I said it's the only way it works. Then your declaration will be your experience. Praise God. It's time to get away from the declaration alone. It's time to have the declaration of victory through the blood that comes also with the experience of it. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about perfection, but I'm talking about growth. I'm talking about the enemy fleeing from us. I'm talking about us being conformed in the image of Christ. I'm talking about us being what the Bible says we are. I'm not talking about us confessing what the Bible says we are. Nothing wrong with that, but there needs to be an experience there. 
Amen. Not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about victory. The things that have held you captive, you're breaking out of that. There are people right now in our community, God's trying to break them out of this religious, legalistic, denominational thing. And he's dealing with them right now, but they're so grafted into it and hanging on to it, they won't even, ex- they won't even allow themselves to think that's God dealing with them. They, their parents, their grandparents have been in it, and they're hung up in it, and they won't let go of it. And I can promise you until you let go of it God won't be able to do what he wants to do in your life like he needs to do it you can just keep playing that game you think that's my building that's my church and and I've got to be in this denomination you're going to miss out on much truth I know people I'm talking about in our community right now they think they know the message of the cross until they let go of that they're never going to really 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 know what that means not being ugly, just being real. Something's got a hold of you. Something, and it, it, it ain't Jesus. I know we're losing friends, but we're gaining more by telling the truth. So, have your loins gird about with truth. That's, that's, the, that's foremost. You, you got to have that right. Even though we'll read in a minute, maybe, that above all, taking the shield of faith, it says above all, but listen, your faith, if it's not in the truth, is, we've heard, who was it, Mike Muserall say years ago made this comment. He said, if you get Jesus wrong, it's all wrong. If you get Jesus wrong, it's all wrong. You turn some of these ministers on on television, like Kenneth Copeland and some of these other false prophets of today, and, they're, and, and they're, you, you watch 30 minutes, and you're like, why does Brother Curtis and those people say that he doesn't, he's not even say that he's preaching another Jesus? He, I, I just watched him 30 minutes, and everything he said I saw in the Word. Let me tell you something, but he's got Jesus wrong. You can say a lot of things that are right, but if you got Jesus wrong, that makes you all wrong. Amen. Not going to get into that today. You want to know about that and you don't already, just send me a message and I'll explain it to you. But first of all, you got to have your loins. That means you got to be walking. The strength of your life must come from the truth. The strength of your life must come from the truth. Not your emotions, not your experiences, not your church, not your denomination, not your family. The strength of your life, your walk, must come from the truth who is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And, everybody say and, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. If your walk is one that's in the truth, faith in the cross, then you have on the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate really covers the heart. That's what it covers. It protects your heart and and the most valuable portions of your body is your midsection, your heart, your lungs, your kidneys. You lose those things, you lose your physical life as a soldier. So the heart is, is behind that that breastplate, and, and I want to say some things about that today re- relating uh, the breastplate and this righteousness it represents along with truth because you can't separate them. If you believe the truth, you have the righteousness of God. If your faith is not in the cross, uh, then you can never experience this, the righteousness of God. Even as a born-again child of God, you saved by the blood years ago or yesterday or this morning. You're born again, bought with the blood of Jesus, Jesus, and you're on your way to heaven. But if somebody comes along and gets you away from the truth, then it's not that you're lost. It's not that you lose your salvation. It's that now you're not taking unto yourself the whole armor of God, and you're not wearing this, this breastplate of, of righteousness, and the enemy can come in, and the Bible, Jesus even taught, can steal the word out of your heart. The parable of the, of the seed and the sower talks about the enemy enemy having the right by our non-believing the word, our lackadaisical, however you say that long word, our, 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 willing, our unwillingness to guard the word and keep the word and let it be truth to us and, and strength to us. If that's not what the word of God's doing for you, as soon as it's sown, the enemy comes and takes it away. 
And the Bible says he takes it right out of our heart. And how he does that is he replaces it with a lie. So when you're born again by the blood of Jesus, or if you're lost today in listening to me, you've never been saved or born again, and someone tries to get you in the kingdom through some other avenue than through Jesus and what he did at Calvary, it won't be the righteousness of God that you're receiving because he won't give it to you except through the blood. It won't be truth that you've received. Even if they're using God's word and telling you that you've got to be water baptized to be saved and born again and to have this fully, full armor of God, that's not the truth. The truth is Jesus did it all for you at Calvary and won't accept anything you do to save you. Amen. So I want to say some things this morning about this breastplate of righteousness and about the heart that it covers. The Bible says that it's in Romans 10, 10, if you're taking notes, I hope you are, because you'll get a lot more out of this later if you'll go get with the Lord and he'll, he'll instruct you even to a greater degree later. Romans 10, 10 says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness. That tells us that God sees what's going on in the heart. We can confess all day long, and many have gone to the altar. I heard Brother Lauren Larson telling yesterday about when he was an eight-year-old boy walking the aisle as a child and, 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 and thought he was giving his life to Christ, but uh, obviously he never was born again. He was just going through the emotions, probably scared of going to hell. Who knows? I wasn't there. Only him and the Lord was involved in what was going on. But later on, he realized that he wasn't lost. There was no change. There was no living for God. There was no following Christ. And, and, and a lot of people are in that boat today. They, 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 they had something that happened, but it wasn't a true born-again experience. It wasn't from the heart. And the Lord sees what comes from the heart. He, he, he hears what comes from our lips, but he only honors what comes from the heart. Jesus said, you draw near me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. The Bible says we only can draw near to God, Ephesians 2.13, by the blood. And that means from our hearts, faith, not what we say with our lips. There's a whole lot of things being said with the lips. And God won't honor what your words say. He honors what your heart says. A lot of people accept him with their lips. Jesus said that. You're drawing near me with your lips, but your hearts are still far from me. And God only honors the heart that draws near. And the heart can only draw near and believe unto righteousness through the blood of Jesus, through faith in what he did at Calvary. Amen. And how does that happen? What do we we have to hear to and accept, acknowledge, believe in the heart before God imputes unto us righteousness. It's the truth. The truth. I love Proverbs 12, 17. If you're watching for the first time today, be sure to write this down and, and go and look this up. Proverbs 12, 17 is a powerful scripture th for those of us who know the truth now. Those of us who are learning God's word in truth, walking in God's word in truth. Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Hmm. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That means if we're speaking God's word and it's in truth, God's offered righteousness will be seen. Amen. And he only imputes righteousness. Remember, it's the righteousness of Christ. The one who obeyed fully, even unto death, the death on the cross, so that we might have our sins forgiven. The one that knew no sin became our sin offering, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. That's the only avenue of us receiving righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus means as we've received the truth, which is what? The message of the cross, the gospel, the good news of what God did in his son on the cross 2,000 years ago. When I believe that truth, Jesus said, when I know the truth, the truth will make me free. And when I know and accept, acknowledge in my heart, not with my lips, but with my heart, the truth. Christ and Him crucified, becoming an, the offering of God, the God of all creation to save me, to offer me a Savior, which is what we all need. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the one who died in my place. I've accepted what? Not just Christ, but I've accepted the truth. Christ is my truth. And God 
considers me makes me the righteousness of who he is in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that it's with the heart we believe. Only with the heart. That's why you see a lot of people profess in Christ, but you don't see the change. That's because it's only been with the lips. When the heart accepts, acknowledges Jesus is Lord, you're talking about somebody going to start following Christ. When Paul got saved, the Bible says he immediately went and preached Christ. When you accept Christ, you've been changed. You've been born again. It's an experience. You've become somebody brand new, something you could have never become on your own. God had to make you a new creation in Christ. And if there's been no change, then you're not born again. And I don't mean to be blunt, but if there's been no change, I didn't say if everything hadn't become perfect because it won't be, but you will have changed. Your desires and your thinking will have been changed and your attitude have been changed and you'll see everything in a different light now if you've been born again and you'll have brand new desires and they'll be for God to serve God to be in the house of God to be in the word of God to be in communion with God to represent him and to be a witness unto God if that hadn't happened my friend you're still lost and I'm being blunt but you're still lost because when you get born again you cry oh Abba Father hallelujah you've received the spirit of adoption the spirit of God and you begin to cry out to God thank you Lord for saving me. Thank you for giving me new life. And that's because he's imparted, imputed unto you his righteousness. So, a little bit more about the heart. You're taking notes. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard the heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issues of our life. Not your wife, not your husband. Remember, we, the Bible never has any contradictions in it. And here in Ephesians 6, we're told that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It ain't me you got a problem with, my friend. It's not you I got a problem with. It's principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wickedness in high place. It's what the enemy's doing behind the scenes that you can't see with the natural eye. That's what you're wrestling with. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, guard your heart, Amen. for out of it come your issues. Mm -hmm. The issues of life come out of your heart. No, your boss didn't give you a headache. You, my friend, are your headache. Amen. Forgive me for being just normal, dramatic. But I am my biggest problem. Sin has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. I even have been crucified with Christ. But unfortunately, I'm still here on the earth, not for much longer. But while I'm here, I'm living in a flesh body. And it has its tendencies. It has its desires. But even my flesh has been crucified. And I've got to fight to keep believing this. And out of my heart comes every issue. Out of my heart comes all the issues. It's not what they say and do to me. It's how I respond from my heart that puts me in the situation I'm in. we got to understand that today. we got to believe that. God says it's out of your heart come all your issues. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. Make sure you keep your faith in the cross of Christ where your liberty and freedom was granted, where not only liberty and freedom, but now true vision. You see why things are going on. You don't have the answer for everything, but you know that even in the midst of this hard trial, God is working on your behalf. Amen. All things together for your good. Amen. Amen. Out of the heart. It's not their fault. People do say ugly things and do ugly things, and so do we. Amen. But it's out of our heart. And the Lord showed me that one of the very first things when he got a hold of me in 1994. I mean, if you don't know the truth, you're still blaming everybody for all your bad stuff. And he told me immediately, he said, you are your biggest problem. It was like he showed it to me on a billboard on the highway, the biggest billboard you've ever seen. In the biggest letters you've ever seen, it said, Curtis, you are your biggest problem. Not your boss, not your wife, not anything. You've been blaming everything, but it's you that's to blame. 
The judge didn't put you in the penitentiary. You put yourself there. You know how we are, though. We'll rob a bank and then tell her, I can't believe the judge put me in jail. No, you robbed the bank. You put yourself in the pen. We're so stupid. Jesus taught out of the heart. What comes out of the heart is what defiles the man. He said it ain't the, the unwashing of the hands. It ain't eating with dirty hands. It ain't, it ain't eating anything that, that's defiling you. He said, because whatever that is, it's going to come out the other end of you anyway. He says, it's what coming out of you, out of the heart that defiles the man. Because it's from the heart. You know, people are put in situations and they go into certain circumstances and they think, I would never do that. And they have, they have obviously, and honestly, like Peter said, I will follow you to death. And he meant that. He, and he had no idea that in his heart that there would ever be an opportunity for him or a, a willingness on his part to forsake Christ. He meant, when he said, I'll follow you unto death, he meant that. He wasn't just making up stuff trying to sound good, but little did he know there was something in his heart that would crop up one day and say, I don't know him. Oh, no, I ain't never heard of him. Let me alone. I cussed that woman a little bit. He had to try to prove his point in the flesh. He had to use a little foul language. That's what a lot of people do, think they got a curse with their lips before somebody takes them serious. Peter did it. He had no idea that was in his heart. And we enter into situations thinking, I would never do that. I'd never do that. You know, when I was a boy and I'd be walking down the road, they used to give money for bottles when they sold pops and, and, and all these drinks and bottles. They'd give, you a, man, they'd give you a nickel for the little ones and a dime for the big ones. And boy, me and my brother would be out there racking up. Never forget out there, the first time I picked up a bottle, I said, what kind of Coke is that? Smelt of it. I said, whoo what in the world is that? Took it home, said, Mama, what kind of drink is that? She said, boy, throw that in the trash. That's alcohol. That's beer. I said, why would anybody want to drink that? I would never drink that mess. Being honest. As honest as I thought I could be. But you know what happened years later? I found myself drinking almost 12 beers a night. Just didn't know that couldn't, how could that be in my heart? How could, I, how could I go from saying, I'll never do that. Anybody ever said, I'll never do that, and find yourself doing it? Oh, I, when I was a kid, I used to hear people use God's name in vain, and it just made me tremble. It'd make me feel almost sick. I said, I would never do that. And then to grow up and just let that mess be a part of who I was. Just So you can sit here today and say, well, I'd never do that, and God will show you. There are things in your heart. You think there's some things. Oh, I know I would never do that. You better watch yourself. If you don't guard your heart, I promise you, you'll do the very things you swear you'd never do. You've already admitted you. it's happened. I used to get the youth all the time with that. I used to tell them, have you ever done anything you swore you'd never do? Everybody has to raise their hands because it's the way it is. And I said, so you can't honestly leave here tonight uh, confirming that without a shadow of a doubt, you'll never be a homosexual or a lesbian. Oh, I'll never do that. I know I'll never be that. I'll, oh, well, you've already told me that you wouldn't do things, but you did them. So the only guarantee you have that you won't do some of these things that you think you'll never do is if you guard your heart and you walk in the truth and you trust Christ then you will never become these things. But it's when you're fighting the good fight of faith and hanging on to Jesus, clinging to that old rugged cross, it's when you'll have the guarantee in the Word of God that sin will never have dominion over you. Praise God for that promise so you can say, as long as I'm in the faith, I'll never be that. I'll never do that. But just to declare, I'll never do this and I'll never do that, you better guard your heart. To guard your heart, knowing that God has said, out of it come the issues of your life, then that means you better be on guard of what you're allowing to go in your heart as well, what you're hearing, what you're accepting. Jesus said, take heed not only what you hear, but how you hear. 
With the heart, you can be offended. And if you get offended, from that point on, you'll deal with everything through that offense, no matter what you think. We're talking about the breastplate of righteousness, this covering from the heart. We believe with the heart unto this breastplate of righteousness as, as long as our faith remains in what Christ did to make us the righteousness of God in who he is, then we will have this armor on. We will be able only then to guard our hearts. You're not guarding your heart just because you read that verse in Proverbs 4.23 and say, well, I'm going to guard my heart today. The only guarding place is in the truth. You're on guard when you're walking in the truth. As your walk and your life is derived from this truth of who Christ is and what he did to prove it for you at Calvary and to become the truth to you, to give you the Holy Spirit for you to be able to guard your heart only happens in the truth. That's why he starts with having your loin girt with the truth because it's only from there that we, in the truth, we can believe unto righteousness and have on not only the girdle of truth but the breastplate of righteousness that guards our heart. It's the righteousness of God that guards our heart. Hallelujah. Protects us, his righteousness. Jeremiah 17, 9, something we hear people quoting all the time, tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And the most of the people in hell right now probably had the testimony while they walked on this earth, well, God knows my heart. God knows my heart. Yes, he knows it's, it's what does he say? It's deceitful. Now watch this. God says that our hearts are deceitful above all things. That means my heart can deceive me more than anything else can deceive me. Because it's my heart that gets deceived. It might be from believing, it'll be from believing a lie, but not necessarily of a lie somebody tells me. A lie that I just make up or I think I'm making it up, really the father of lies is behind every lie, the devil. So you need to know that. And let me say that again. I believe that most of hell is full of people who had a testimony on this earth. And that testimony, that declaration was, well, God knows my heart. Well, and, and we've made it for people before. I don't know why they're living in sin. I do not know why they're just out there living in sin, just doing all that filthy, nasty, unclean stuff, sinful stuff, because I know their heart. And God knows their heart. Listen, God knows our hearts. He said it's deceitful above all things. It's, it's, he called it deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It's the heart that des that's desperately wicked. That's why you've got to be born again to receive a new heart. One that's not hard like a rock and desperately wicked that God can't touch and it has to be crucified at Calvary and you must receive a new heart, a heart of flesh that can be conformed and shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. 1 Samuel 12, 24 tells us this, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He has done for you. The Bible here tells us that we must fear the Lord. That means put the right value on the Lord and serve Him in truth with all of our heart. Praise God. Amen. Mm. Romans 5.17 tells us this concerning righteousness. For if by one man's offense, speaking of Adam back in the Garden of Eden, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign. Shall reign in life, but notice the end of it, by Jesus Christ. It's always been that way with God and man. Adam was given dominion over the earth. He lost it when he cut God's dominion off from himself. When he stopped believing what God had told him and believed another voice, he lost his dominion because he cut God's dominion off from him. And so any reigning, any victory, any triumph that we're experiencing today, it's only because our faith remains in the victory, the death that afforded us the victory of Jesus Christ. As we reign, the Bible says here, it's as we receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that comes with grace, hmm, that we shall reign in life. But it says, by one, 
Jesus Christ. We died by one, Adam, and we shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. No other way to reign. We can't reign through anything else but Jesus Christ. And he, to when he mentions Jesus Christ, he mentions here also grace and righteousness. The grace of God is God's offer of salvation to you. God doing something you couldn't do for yourself. Save yourself. Nothing you do can save you. Nothing you do can sanctify you. Only what Christ did saves and sanctifies. Amen. So it's only the, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that we find our victory, our opportunity to reign over sin instead of sin reigning over us. Amen. It, you've got to have this righteousness. And, and let me say this. The abundance of grace brought you the gift of, of righteousness offered through the blood only of Jesus Christ at the cross. And if Paul writes to the church in Galatia in chapter 5 of Galatians, verses 1 through 4, and tells them that if they go back out there and follow these people who are telling them they have to do something to really be saved... The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, tells them that Christ can no longer profit you or affect you because you've fallen from grace. That means you're no longer wearing the full armor of God. You've stopped taking unto yourself the whole armor of God, which means you can no longer stand, you can no longer withstand in the evil day, and you will be defeated at every attempt of the enemy to defeat you. You will be defeated. In the Old Testament, you see it. God allowed His people to be defeated, to be captured, to be destroyed many times because of their rejection of His one and only way in which He works. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm watching right now people who at one time thought they were preaching the cross, but God's revealing to many of us now that they were only lip-serving one time because today they're back to just uh, providing sweet little do-nothings of, of Scripture online, and, and they're relating things, telling people that we're just mixing law and grace by telling people that there are commands in the New Testament. We're not talking about commands to be saved, but we're talking about commands to represent, to be able to represent the one who saved us. Amen. There's no command given except to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ that can save anybody. There's no command given for anything we can do to even find ourselves, sanctifying ourselves, except believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're accused of mixing law and grace, it's really only taking place from those who are bound under the law and don't know it. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know that today. So, I want to talk about two things. We're kind of stuck here on righteousness, and I'm glad to be stuck in the righteousness of God. Uh, and two things I want to mention here today is, is, and I said I was going to mention this, but we're just now getting to it, and we're seven minutes away from being done today. So two things about righteousness that I've mentioned recently in the messages here at Crossway Church. One of them is being filled with the righteousness of God. Being filled. You, you can walk in a place where you're being filled with the righteousness, the fruits of his righteousness. And the other thing is that the fruits of our righteousness can be being increased. So for those of you listening to me who think you just got saved, you're the righteousness of God, and you are, hallelujah, praise God, thank you, Jesus, for your blood at Calvary. But there is a will and a desire from our Heavenly Father that we be filled with the fruits of righteousness, that the fruits of our righteousness are being increased. And I'm going to share those scriptures with you today. And I, I hope you're taking notes. I hope you'll go look at them later. I hope you, you, your, love for the Lord is, is no, your love for the Lord is not separated for your love from the, for the truth. Your love for the Lord cannot be separated from your love for His Word, for the truth. Someone that claims they love God, but they have a Bible laying there and they're never in it, there's a problem. There's a huge problem there because the child of God wants direction from their heavenly father. They've come to the realization, my direction was flawed. It was wrong. It led me down the wrong path. I need your direction, and it comes from your word. 
And we have a great desire and a hunger to be led by our Father, hallelujah, to be in His will. So this first scripture that I'm going to read is Philippians 1, 9 through 11, and it talks about us being filled with the fruits of righteousness. And let me say it again. I have to keep saying this. These things don't just happen. They don't just happen. You are required to fight the good fight of faith, to guard your heart, to take unto yourself the whole armor of God, which simply put is maintaining your faith in the cross. You say, well, that's easy enough. I've, I, listen, then you go ahead and try it. Because every direction, there's going to be folks trying to cut you off, push you out, criticize you, condemn you because you're not wanting to think about anything but the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ on the cross. They're going to think that you're pitiful, that you're just stuck in a very narrow place and you need to move on. And you just wait till you start having the feelings that come with being rejected and we're going to see how easy it is for you to keep your faith there in spite of you losing your family, in spite of you losing your spouse, in spite of you losing your job, or whether you'll cater and shiver down and cause it to be, well, I'm real, okay, well, okay, okay, okay. Or you'll stand to be able to withstand when God is severing things from you. Because, listen, Christianity brings about not only a separation from sin, but a separation from those who are enticing us to get in sin again. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And, listen, faith in anything other than the cross is sin. That's right. yes, it is. Faith in anything other than the cross is sin. Yes. So the Bible says don't, don't let yourself be enticed by sinners to get in sin. Hmm. So Philippians 1, 9 through 11, y'all keep holding me up. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Love don't abound by feelings and emotions. Love continues to abound by your knowledge of Christ. That by your continual knowledge of just what it is He provided you because He loved you through His death on the cross. Because most of Christianity just says, well, I already know He died for me. What else is there to know? Oh my goodness, Peter wrote that we're to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you think about, and Brother Bo and I were talking about this yesterday at lunch, when, when the Apostle Paul, having been given such a great revelation of Christ, that God had to give him a thorn in his flesh to keep him from being puffed up. And even with that great revelation, he wanted more, even if it meant another Thorn in the flesh. I want more no matter what. That's the true Christian heart. I want more. I want to know Him. I want to know. I've not yet been made perfect. I've not apprehended. I've not attained yet. I'm still trying to apprehend that which Christ has apprehended me for. That's the true Christian heart who's got their faith in the cross, who's taken unto themselves the whole armor of God. Because we're not standing and withstanding if our desire for God is not increasing. And we can't blame it on God. It lies within our own hearts. So watch this. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That means you're making the judgment. You get to make the judgment call. If you're judging the Word of God in truth, and how it relates to you, and you're, you're making the right judgment concerning who Christ is and what He accomplished for you and what the Word of God is really all about, then you're going to be growing in your love through that knowledge of Christ. That you may approve things that are excellent. That you will have the wisdom to know this is excellent. Amen. That you may be sincere. Hmm. And without offense till the day of Christ. Most are sincerely wrong. But being sincere, we find the promise here that we can be sincere and approve those things that are excellent. And that means by us experiencing and expressing them, not just pointing them out. Oh, brother, so and so, he's, he, oh yeah, he's, he's excellent. You know? No, this is talking about an experience approving of those things that are excellent, they become a part of my life. That spirit of excellence, that spirit that excels me forward in the things of God. 
Watch this, verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Filled with the fruits of righteousness. Amen. The fruits of our righteousness. There's more than just getting saved and waiting on heaven. The Lord wants to fill you with the fruit of what He did through His Son at the cross by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us with the fruits of His righteousness. Hey, praise God. And the last one, number two, our fruits of righteousness can be increased, and it's God's will. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God wants to increase the fruits of our righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. My Lord, I've enjoyed this teaching today. I've enjoyed this today. We've heard some powerful things. I pray that we'd get our Bibles, we'd go dig in, ask the Lord to give us what we need and help us to be not only experiencing this, but through our experience, be expressing the name of the Lord. For He is a just and a faithful and an upright God. And we are serving Him with all our hearts. Praise God. Hallelujah. We love you and we love Jesus. And we pray that you'll share this message. If you like it, that's for you. If you share it, you're helping somebody else. We love you. We'll see you right here next time on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis.